You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful Orlando, Florida, back now in the United States. Uh, For those of you who are regular listeners know that my last episode, episode 45, I actually recorded from Guatemala City. I was serving on a short-term mission trip, uh, serving in an orphanage there, so I got a chance to record an episode and publish it from there. That was super exciting, but back in the States, it is Holy Week here. We are in the days approaching Easter, and so I'm excited to talk about Easter and specifically talk about why we celebrate this thing called Easter. Easter is the day that we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Today episode episode we're going to talk about the resurrection. In fact, today I'm starting a mini series. So, uh, starting this episode and over the next several episodes, we're actually going to have uh, several topics and questions surrounding the resurrection. Uh, in today's episode, I'm interviewing Dr. John Morris. He is a trial lawyer from Oklahoma. He is also an evangelist and serves in a variety of other forms of ministry. Uh, actually in the interview, you'll hear me talk about his resume and his bio because it's quite extensive. Uh, He is an author. He has a new book out called Resurrected, the historical truth of the most important event in human history and why it matters. And in the book, he talks about, obviously, the evidences for the physical resurrection of Jesus. And the question at hand today is, are there any extra biblical sources for the resurrection, right? Like, are there any non-biblical historical documents that point to the fact that there was a real man named Jesus who died on a Roman cross and, and physically rose from the dead? And the answer to that is yes. And that is what Dr. John Morris is going to outline for us in this interview. So without further ado, my interview with Dr. John Morris. On the line today with us from Oklahoma City is Dr. John Morris. He is a author, speaker, and evangelist. He's been an ordained minister since 2002. He holds bachelor's degrees both in pastoral ministry and philosophy, and he has a Juris Doctorate in law. He also serves as a uh, a worship pastor in Edmond for an assisted living residence, and he does pastoral ministry to residents and visitors there. By trade, he has been a trial lawyer for many years, so obviously has the goods to prove the evidence of what he's bringing to the table. Um, he's been married 35 years, five kids, four grandchildren, and he is passionate about the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Dr. John Morris, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Thank you, Kenny. I am just thrilled to be here with you. First of all, one of the things that I learned a long tr- time ago as a trial lawyer, and I've been a trial lawyer for about 30 years now, is the difficulty of proving a negative. So if an atheist and a Christian, if the two of them are talking and we try to prove, yes, the resurrection really happened, and they say, well, show me that this other thing didn't happen, it's extremely difficult to prove that negative. It's easier to prove the affirmative, and in this case, the affirmative is the resurrection really did happen. What I did in the book that uh, I've written that just came out was to approach the the issue of the resurrection from a, a different standpoint. I know as an evangelist that it's difficult to look at somebody and say the resurrection really happened. I'm going to convince you about this, and here's my Bible. I want you to read it, and I want you to accept it as true, because that presumes that they're going to agree to 
the not only sacred nature of our book, but the authenticity of our book. And so what I've done in my new book, Resurrected, is to take sources outside the Bible, outside sacred scripture, and to establish evidence not only historically from ancient sources, but also from things that happened back 1800, 1900, 2000 years ago. So that at the very least, someone reading the book, uh, talking, uh, meeting face-to-face, whatever it is, will have those questions and those points of evidence floating around in their mind and will want to dig further. Anybody can go out through a Google search, look up some of the sources I'm going to be talking about, some of the ones I cite in my book. The sources, and I, I, I cite one specific one in my book, and the reason I'll tell you right now is, again, some of the things I learned as a trial lawyer over the course of about 35 years is if you've got a really strong argument, really strong evidence, a really strong theory of the case, whether it's criminal or civil, that's what you go with. A lawyer can think up a lot of little ones, some of which are strong and some of which are not. But if you've got a really, really strong, again, argument, piece of evidence, whatever, that's what you go with. And in my book, the single most important piece of ancient text that is out there, verifiable by anybody, is a work called Jewish Antiquities by a man by the name of Flavius Josephus. And Josephus, very interesting guy. He lived in the first century. He wrote this particular work, Jewish Antiquities, about 93 or 94 AD. That would be about 60 years after the crucifixion of Jesus. He was not a Christian. He never became a Christian. He was Jewish. He was very, very intellectual, very well-educated. And when some of the things started happening by way of the insurrection of the Jewish people against the Romans— Uh, Shortly before the fall of the temple, Josephus was tasked to be the commander-in-chief of all the Jewish forces in Galilee. He fought the Romans. Uh, They eventually overcame his forces. They cornered him and some other men in a cave, took him captive, and through some things that played out with the Roman emperor, he was allowed to live and actually became the official historian for the Roman Empire on the Jewish people. And this work called Jewish Antiquities looks at the Jewish people over the course of literally thousands of years and says, okay, what happened when, and how did that play into either Roman history or other parts of Jewish history? Here's, here's the part. And again, this is verifiable by anybody who's listening to the podcast or just simply reads the book or does whatever they do to, to bring this up to them from again, the text of Jewish antiquities by Josephus. He said at this time, and an earlier reference he's talking about when Pontius Pilate was the governor of Judea. At this time, there was a wise man called Jesus, and his conduct was good, and he was known to be virtuous. Many people among the Jews and the other nations became his disciples. Pilate condemned him to be crucified and to die. But those who had became, become his disciples did not abandon his discipleship. They reported that he had appeared to them three days after his crucifixion and that he was alive. Accordingly, he was perhaps the Messiah concerning whom the prophets have reported wonders. And the tribe of the Christians, so named after him, has not disappeared to this day. And this day, being referenced by Josephus, is again about 93 or 94 AD, about 60 
years after the crucifixion. Well, this, this is extremely important because there are a number of other sources, and I'll just throw out the names of some of them. There was an individual by the name of Mara Bar Sapion that was writing about 35 years after the crucifixion. He was living in Syria, and he wrote about the fact that the Jewish people had killed their king. Now, he doesn't mention Jesus, but there, in, in that, this time period, there was only one person who ever asserted or was referred to by the people as having asserted that he was, in fact, the king of the Jews, and that was Jesus of Nazareth. Forty years later, you have a, a Roman historian, Tacitus, who writes again about this Jesus having been crucified. You have later a fellow by the name of Lucian of Samosata. He's a Roman living in Syria. He's writing now about 170 AD, so it's about 140 years after the crucifixion. He's referring again to uh, Jesus and some of the things that had happened in the crucifixion. And then the last part of what is ancient writings is actually something called the Babylonian Talmud. And that's a Jewish document, a comprehensive commentary on the Jewish law. And in there, they refer to an individual. They use the Jewish name, and so they refer to Yeshua. Right. And it talks about him being killed by being hanged for having blasphemed against the law. But Flavius Josephus specifically refers to Jesus. This idea that he was known to be virtuous, he had people, he became his disciples. He was condemned to be crucified and to die by Pilate. Well, now you're talking about one specific man and only right. one specific man in history, and that's Jesus of Nazareth. The fact that his disciples, even after he was crucified, did not abandon the discipleship. They reported he'd appeared to them three days later and that he was alive. Now, again, because Josephus is not a Christian, he doesn't have a viewpoint that he's trying to, or a hidden agenda, if you will, that he's trying to get the Romans or anybody else to adopt. He's trying to report on the history of the Jewish people. So he doesn't say Jesus rose from the dead. He said his re disciples reported that. And then he concludes by saying, the tribe of the Christians, so named after him, has not disappeared to this day. Well, this, I think, takes head on the objections of non-Christians and atheists who say, wait a second, A, we don't think Jesus of Nazareth Jesus of Nazareth was a real person. B, there's no evidence he was crucified. C, there was no evidence he died and was buried. And D, there's no evidence that anybody ever thought he rose from the dead. Well, here's a guy writing this very impressive, very important Jewish history as the emperor's designated historian, where he takes care of all those points. Jesus was real. He really was crucified. He died and was buried. And then his disciples report that he rose from the dead. Yeah, I, I, I love, love, love that you're pointing to Josephus. And I think it's important to, you know, to note what, what a big deal it was that he wasn't just some random guy writing. He was the designated historian by the leader of the Roman Empire, which was the most powerful you know, empire in the known world at that time. Absolutely. So again, for me as a trial lawyer, if I was standing in court and I was trying to prove the resurrection, uh, witness number one, if he were still alive today, would be Flavius Josephus. He's not. So it would be his writings. And there you have it. That was my interview with Dr. John Morris. Uh, actually, the entire interview was 
more than 47 minutes long. So I just pulled out one snippet that I thought would be uh, valuable for you. I'm considering in the future maybe posting the entire thing up on my YouTube page. If we do that, we will let you know. I would highly encourage anyone, if particularly if you're a person that really wants to do more research on the resurrection, uh, maybe you're a skeptic or you're not quite sure, I would highly encourage you, go do a Google search and check out the sources that Dr. Morris mentioned. You don't take his word for it. Go do some research uh, on your own. And of course, you could always uh, get his book. Uh, you know, you can find it on Amazon. It's called Resurrected, The Historical Truth of the Most Important Event in Human History and Why It Matters. And then, of course, the you know, like I mentioned on the front end of this episode, over the next several days, we're going to post several episodes, uh, you know, directly answering questions that are related to the resurrection. And in all of those episodes, we will have additional resources that you can check out, you look that you can look into for your benefit. Hey, thank you for listening again to this episode. I'm always grateful for all of our listeners. If you are a regular listener, can I get a huge favor from you? Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Um, those five-star reviews are a really, really big deal. They push us up the search rankings. They help us reach more people. So if you've liked this episode, you're a regular listener, head over to iTunes, hit that five-star review, let the world know, you know how much you love the podcast, and that would be a big, big help to us. If you have any questions that you'd like to have answered on the podcast, feel free to shoot me an email. It's heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. Again, that's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. As always, our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a sailor.